You may not be her first, her last, or her only. She loved before, she may love again. But if she loves you now, what else matters? She's not perfect, you aren't either, and the two of you may never be perfect together. But if she can make you laugh, cause you to think twice, and admit to being human and making mistakes, hold on to her and give her the most you can. She may not be thinking about you every second of the day, but she will give you a part of her that she knows you can break, her heart. So don't hurt her. Don't change her. Don't analyze and don't expect more than she can give. Smile when she makes you happy. Let her know when she makes you mad. And miss her when she's not there. Hello and welcome to episode 548 of Under the Cull of MS. That was a little quote from the great Bob Marley. We got a nice little pile of comics today to review. For Thursday Comics Day. We're starting off right away with Bob Marley. Tale of the Tough Gong. Iron. This is number one of two. They're small trades. They have two books. Sadly, because I got to the end of this, I'm like, oh man, I gotta find I gotta get the second one now. So this was great, a great history lesson into one of our great artists and the times that he was going through and the all the issues that have been happening. But basically, this is written by Charles E. Hall, art by Gene Colin, and Tennyson Smith, forward by U2's Bono, beginning the life story of the reggae superstar who grew out of poverty to change the world. Book one, Iron, follows Bob's early days in Jamaica and the formation of his band, The Whalers. Tennyson Smith's painted finishes over Gene Colan's pencils make this book sizzle. Also contains a history of the Rastafarian movement, painted by Tennyson Smith, 48 pages, bookshelf format. Uh, yeah, I usually don't like the painted imagery as much as standard uh, pencils and coloring, but this one was beautifully done. The artwork was wonderful. The story, the history, uh, learning about the whalers in the early days, how they struggled, of course, like pretty much most bands starting out your first few albums, you're getting scammed out of everything by people that are managing you and setting things up. And you're, I mean, Trace, what were they getting at 1.3, like three bucks a show or... <laughs> Something like that, and then the manager finally gave him each a $30 bonus. He considered it a bonus. It's like, hold on a minute. It's like, we got multiple records out, and you're sitting there 
just given us hardly anything to live on and they're supposed to make it while at the same times you're dealing with the financial and political stress that's all over Jamaica at the times and it's just we get to see Bob meeting his wife and the early history of all that and him taking some time to go back leave Jamaica for a while and go elsewhere to try and earn enough money so he could start producing his own records and make them, press them, print them, distribute them, all that stuff. He wants to do everything <clears throat> himself and not have no, no one to answer to, which is the way to do it if you're going to do it. But yeah, I just... I love the way they laid this out. And then in the back we get a Dread Eye story. The Roots of Rasta in Jamaica, which is also wonderful history. You learn quite a bit by reading this. Uh, the second book is Lion, which I am going to search for and hopefully be able to pick up. It says book three is Zion, so they must have, have or may not have made the third ones. This is does say it's book one of a three-part series. But I just didn't see the Zion one anywhere online. So I'm going to have to search. Because that would make sense to have three books in this. Because this takes you up to the early parts of their relationship. The early parts of him trying to put his studio together and everything. And then everything that's going on in Jamaica politically and what they got to deal with and the wars and all that stuff and people going off to military. And so, yeah, I could see this definitely having three books and cause we're barely touching, uh, when the whalers step out and expand themselves under their own labels. I'm trying to think we got, some of his albums like Catch a Fire, Burning, Natty Dread, Live, Rasta Man Vibration, Exodus, Confrontation, Kaya, Babylon by Bus, Survival, Uprising, Rebel Music, Legend, Talking Blues, Songs of Freedom, Caribbean Nights Video, Time Will Tell Video, The Legend Video, and The Live Video. Uh, this took him up to probably the mid-90s, so he's probably got about <laughs> 20 more albums since then. Cause he, was, he had a wonderful worth, work ethic and focused on his craft, and I know he expanded out into, well, nowadays, of course, the herb. Everybody's got their own version of the herb out there. And, uh, but before that he did, he put a bunch of other products out there that I can't, I didn't, of course, didn't bring up a page with the list of all the things he's done or anything like that. Cause I want to read these other two books and see where they take us. <clears throat> I know Bob, 
did put out a lot of stuff. His kids are working on stuff and uh, they're a very well put together, intelligent, uh, well versed in business family and they do they do it right they learned early on well bob learned early on and probably taught it through his kids and everything what the world is like and how people like to take advantage of you so if you can do stuff yourself it's better that way why have a middleman someone that's just going to take from you it's uh, it's best just to do it all yourself if you're able to i know it's a struggle getting it off the ground but if you believe in yourself and you believe in your product and you really truly in the deepest parts of your heart feel that it's something that a lot of people are going to want then push for it put yourself in bankruptcy fight for what you got to do to bring that product to life without someone taking advantage of you and do what you can to earn the money that you can to get it off the ground and it might take you a couple extra years, but at least you control it, not someone else. So that's a lesson you should learn from Bob, if nothing else. But yeah, he's got wonderful family ethics, work ethics. I just always admired the guy. But yeah, I'm, I want to definitely read the other two stories and see where they take us. <clears throat> All right. Next up. We got, I hate this place, or if you got the version I picked up, fuck this place. Issue 6 by Kyle Starks, Atayom Topolin, and Lee Luridge, and Image Comics. Last year's Breakout Horror Series Returns check this series out you won't regret it trudy's past comes back to haunt her which wouldn't be so bad if she and gabby weren't already literally haunted by unimaginable forces of evil on a daily basis can't a gal catch a break i like this run until this issue uh her back history these characters that come out of her past it's just, reality sucks, you know, it's like, you gotta bring that into the storylines, and it's just, you don't wanna, I don't know, if you're like me, you're old, you're tired, you're sick and tired of all the bullshit, you don't wanna relive crap like this, you don't wanna see history like this come back. To haunt you but yeah she's got some demons in her past that she has to deal with along with the demons in her present that she's dealing with and who knows what kind of demons are going to come out in her future yet uh but yeah our two characters i like the story i just don't think i'm gonna go any further i think i have issue seven and eight maybe coming still but I think I'm going to jump off it there, see how far the run goes out, and then maybe I'll 
check out the last of it down the road. But since they brought this into it, took away from just the demons that they're dealing with in the present and bringing this past history into it. I don't really want to get into those storylines anymore. I'm tired of that that type of history. I'm so I've seen it a billion times. It's been just dumped on us over and over and I know we got to learn from our past to make a better future, but also looking into our past puts things in people's minds that makes them do stupid things in the present that's gonna make it tougher for us to advance further in the future and it's like i think we the majority of majority of us understand the history behind everything and where we've been and i don't think redwelling over and over and not just taking for fact the stuff that we did learn from in the past is going to help because pretty much it's the people over 60 that aren't going to be around much longer that aren't going to change no matter what you do but people of the present are changed to the most part and yeah you're gonna have jackasses out there but yeah that's never gonna change there's always gonna be jackasses but i enjoy the more fantasy demon world than the reality history lessons that come back from the past to haunt us so I'm getting burnt out on that series. Uh, this issue is the one that knocked me out on it. I was good with the first five issues. I, I was really enjoying how they were doing it, but now I'm not so sure. We'll see. Like I said, I think I have two more issues coming. But we'll go from there and see if we want to go beyond after that. See if they eliminate their their demons from their past and then get back to the demons of the present. Then I might stick stick it out. We'll see. All right. Next up, we got Gunslinger number 17. These I was very excited for because the cover I have has Violator on it coming down on our Gunslinger character. But... As the names on Gunslinger's list get crossed off one by one, he starts to realize that the last few might require a little help from an old friend. And we get a little speedster character in here that happens to be stuck in a battle with the Gunslinger and some angels. And... It's an interesting little combination of characters, and I like to like to see what happens with this. But I was really bummed that they gave me Violator on the cover. Got me all excited because we had the clown appear in the early issues of Spawn, 
this new spawn run and all the little mini clowns and mini me's and all that of clowny and it just we're getting teasers on the covers now and he's not even part of the book it's like well what the hell i want my clown character i want the violator but yeah it's still a great run the thing that irritates me is on the back cover of this issue we got our clown character with a bunch of the little evil mini me clown minions for the next cover, but we will see. See where it goes. He better be making an appearance pretty damn soon. That's all I got to say. <laughs> next up, we got Harley Quinn number 27. Uh, this is it, folks. We have to drop the multiversal counterbalance serum at the center of the photon disruption before the imminent collapse of the entire multiverse. Just kidding. But could you imagine if that was how this story ended? No thanks. We're going to save the world the old-fashioned way with a large undead zombie, 50 to 80 Harleys from other universes, Kevin and Poison Ivy. Yeah, we get all our little multiversal Harleys in here, just trying to deal with the Harley that's trying to kill them all. And we get some Poison Ivy action in this one. It's a wonderful finish for that part of the storyline. think I jumped off it. I might have number 28 still coming. But I'm not sure. Because the next part of the storyline wasn't really grabbing me at the moment. So I was going to see where it was going to go and jump on it again later. But I loved what they did with the whole Harley Quinn series up until now. So I am definitely looking forward to reading more of it. And I still have to go back and get some of the earlier issues that I missed out on. But I pretty much got this whole storyline. Which you can go back and listen to the reviews on. But it was a lot of fun. Definitely worth worth the read. Next up, we got Monkey Prince, number 11, featuring the Monkey King. Monkey Prince, now at the Hall of Justice with Supergirl, must defend it against the Ultra Humanite. But it looks like Ultra Humanite needs to get through not only to acquire sent secret information about the Monkey King that could defeat Neza, Neza but also for information about how Marcus is related to the Monkey King. Will Monkey Prince give in to learn his truth, but put all the other heroes at risk? This is another Lazarus Planet tie-in. This issue picks up after Lazarus Planet Alpha 1, 
with Marcus returning to the Hall of Justice after teaming up with the other heroes. We quickly jump back into the ongoing narrative with Ultra Humanite attempting to open a portal to free or control the Monkey King from the Phantom Zone. And upon opening the portal, Marcus intervenes and accidentally dives into the portal, where he meets the Monkey King for the first time. He learns the truth about his origins, at least some of it, and escapes from the portal only to be taken over by the Ultra Humanite. This was a fun issue, getting to see the son and pops dealing with each other while his step-parents are dealing with their own issues. Because, of course, his step-parents are working for the Ultra Humanite, who is basically the Monkey King's grandfather. So we got the son, the father, the grandfather, all in this issue, the step-parents, and the Monkey King trying to learn a little bit more about his powers by seeing what the Monkey King can do. And it was a blast just seeing all the monkeys getting together and dealing with each other in here in the little crossover with Lazarus Planet. It makes me want to read the whole Lazarus Planet series, but I still don't really care for the fact that the whole thing is based on magic. Because magic, kids, never sticks around. It's all just a show, and it disappears. So, I have a feeling a lot of the characters that you may or may not be interested in that may have appeared different powers and all that stuff is just going to go away. And you might have a few that will stick around, but the majority of the characters you're seeing that are becoming, that are coming from Lazarus Planet is pretty much going to dwindle down, I think, after the whole Lazarus Planet run. But we'll see. Never know. Could be wrong. Uh, but all the magic I've ever seen just disappears because it's just a smoke show. All right, next up, Nightclub number three, issue three. Mark Millar, Juanan, Juanan Ramirez. And this is done by Image Comics. This is the run where they did them for a buck ninety-nine cover price to see how it went. I think it went great. This is a wonderful story. Done well. And it's an awesome price. And it's like I was saying the other day. It's like this one has advertisements in it. But not a ton of them. Whereas like the spawn issues. You can get a spawn issue for under a couple bucks. And no advertisements. And they're still putting out a quality product, a great story, for a reasonable price. Whereas you buy a $5 comic, and it's half advertisements. It's like, really? You're making all this money off of advertising, and you still gotta charge us 5 to Oh, shit. There's seven, $8 comics that I've been picking up with that are just packed full of advertising. <laughs> 
And it's ridiculous. This comic could be half the size. Because if you got a big collection, it takes up space, all that advertising. And they're falling back to what they did in the 90s. The 90s, you had the AOL discs that ruined the comic and crushed it if it got stacked a certain way. Increased your comic and all that shit. Then they had the things inside the comics that were advertising parts that were little add-on downloads and stuff like that. But they stick up from the pages, so they crease the pages or damage the pages. It's just then if you peel off the sticker, then it's not not of value anymore because you took something out of it. And it just yeah, it's just so stupid how they did. Did that in the 90s, and I think they're falling back to it again. I think pretty soon we're going to see something added to our comics that's going to ruin them again. But, yeah. If you got a book that's half advertisements, you shouldn't be charging four, five, six bucks for a freaking cover price. They should take an example from these guys. But, nightclub number three. It's awesome being a vampire as long as you wear a mask and pretend you're a superhero like high school student Danny Garcia and his two best friends. The only trouble is when you realize there's other vampires out there too and they're going to murder your ass for blowing their cover. You gotta watch out. And yeah, these jackasses, I mean, they should have known. I mean, the kids into trying to become a YouTube superstar or whatever. By doing a bunch of stunts and being like a superhero character. And the first time he tries it, he ends up getting paralyzed in the hospital in a coma, all that shit. And then some vampire character saves him. They bring him into his flock. And then he goes off and vamps up his buddies. And then they go running around filming themselves doing all kinds of superhero crap where you can see them misting in and out and all this special abilities that no one normal could do so you know that they got some type of powers and then the other vampires are seeing this and it's like you're gonna get us noticed and it's like so that's just gonna cause a bunch of people to get pissed off at you so you gotta watch out with that but still a fun run i'll take it out throughout at least six issues if that's where it goes but we'll see we will have to just watch and see where it goes but next up another big clowny clowny teaser i got spawn number 338 with the circus tent the circus infernal tent with our clown character walking through the doorway on the cover it of it and then the big clown face on top of it <clears throat> but no clown in the pa- inside the pages. So we'll have to see what happens with the next issue. But it's time for Spawn to take the next step in his war against heaven and hell. And we get to see some other characters in here. Our witchy character, wizard type character. We get to learn more about Cagliastro and stuff and where all the other characters are going. Scion's a big part of this. Uh, We get to see what's up with Saigor and uh, Haunt and who manipulated who in this issue. 
and it takes us deeper into where Spawn's headed and kind of like the focus on the throne kind of disappeared in these issues. But I'm not reading King Spawn anymore. So I assume that that focus is all in that area still. But I will have to go back and read those someday. But I'm just going to stick with these. Uh, final one up is Super 6. Super is an action comedy superhero comic. We like to say it's the Venture Brothers meets Astro City. In a world that is packed to the brim with superhumans as a Marvel or DC universe. There are so many costumed weirdos that being super has become commonplace. Our main story arc follows the exploits of a ragtag team of underachieving supers in their quest to truly become heroes. Whether foiling a robbery as the surrounding neighborhood is decimated by a 150-foot Utonic robot, or finding themselves encased in ice after glacial fisticuffs with Baron Blizzard and his team of post-apocalyptic hockey miscreants. Our heroes simply don't know the meaning of the words public liability. Yeah, you got a ton of superhero characters in this one. It is very interesting. This number six was a Kickstarter thing. So I'd like to learn more about it. I assume there were five issues before, but I got a deep dive on it. But sadly, I'm running out of time here, so I'm going to have to end it. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick Shadow Monster. Follow Under the Call of MS, wherever you can find it. Crimson Call Comic Club. AB Conversation. And we'll get back to you again soon. Bye.